You're listening to the Stay Sore Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Stay Sore Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Skitsko, and with me here today, I have Michelle Nakonetsny. Did I say this right? You did. Okay, so Michelle is my friend, and Michelle is also my client. And uh, a few few weeks ago, I've posted some pictures online with Michelle working out and just standing and flexing in the gym. And that sparked a lot of conversations because she just competed in a few competitions. And people asked me about that. We started conversations. And usually the conversation ended with, oh, I didn't know there's so much to it. So when I talk about competition, those are bodybuilding competitions. And right now we're going to find out what kind of competitions and what goes into it, how it feels to prepare for them. So you're going to either get information out of it or just something new and entertainment. All right, Michelle, thank you for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. So bodybuilding competition, what, what kind, what kind did you do? Okay. So I did, it's their physique competition. So basically, um, there's different divisions and categories and you just get up on stage and you show your physique and the hard work that you've put in. So when somebody says bodybuilding, you think about huge, ridiculous, unrealistic, almost muscles. But there, there is that category, yes, but there are others too. <laughs> okay, so what is there for girls especially? Okay. So for girls, um, there's bikini, which is um, more of a model, thin, lean, mm-hmm. but muscular look. Um, then it moves up. There's a new category called wellness, and then it goes to figure, which is what I do. And then there's physique. And women's bodybuilding. So it and goes from smaller to bigger muscles? Basically is the idea. It goes from smaller to bigger and it also, you get leaner and that harder, more muscle separation look as you go mm-hmm. up in those divisions also. Got it. So in the last, the reason why we're, we're talking about this right now, the last month you competed three weekends in a row. So yes. you got ready for it and you competed three weekends in a row. And we're going to talk about how it feels and what you have to go through. But before, what was your best place placing? Uh, second place. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and I was there and I was super proud of you. Yes. You did amazing. It's a lot of work. So getting ready for a competition. Obviously, you have to start with you have to have some background in working out, build up a little bit of a physique, build up some muscles, have a common sense of working out, have to be into that. But... Yes. When it comes to competing itself, there's sort of three three phases to get ready for a competition. There's the prep phase, which is the longest, depending how ready you are for that, like three to maybe five, six months. Yeah. Then there's the second phase, which is peak week, like the last five to ten days before the competition, where you pull all the details, and then the competition day itself. Yes. So let's talk about those three. So the prep preparation phase, the longest and arguably the most challenging one. Yes, um, for sure. Talk, talk about that. What did you have to go through? How did it look like? Okay, so um, you, <laughs> I had a coach. Mm-hmm. I had multiple coaches, actually. Um, you, obviously, are my mm-hmm. training coach. So that's so a, let's start with that's that. That's a big give part your, of it. Give your coaches a quick shout out and tell me what okay. they are responsible for. Okay, so my nutrition coach is Adam Atkinson from mm-hmm. See You Later Leaner. Um, he handled all of my nutrition and Mm -hmm. my cardio um, prescription, basically, of of what I was to do on a weekly basis. I would, you know, log on my food and everything and send that to him, and then he would make updates as we go. Um, And then you, of course, 
course. did my training um, and a lot of the mental aspect of it, which I'm sure we'll get into a little mm -hmm. bit as far as part of the prep. And then um, I also had a posing coach who, um, his name is Fran Thomas, and he's an IFBB physique pro competitor. Um, and he helped me a lot with the posing tweaks and we'll stage presentation. That. Yes, we'll yes. get into that. So um, there's a lot that goes into prep. You, you yes. mentioned nutrition, cardio, lifting weights, posing. Let's, let's talk about that. Wh which one do you want to start with? Uh, nutrition, for sure, okay. <laughs> is the hardest Hardest and, and uh, most grueling part, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So what, what is so hard about it that you just have to starve yourself or you have to eat a lot? How does that um, Well, you're not starving yourself. Sometimes it may feel that way, but you are not starving yourself as long as you have a good coach. Um, so basically, I did a macro plan. Some people like meal plans. Um, for me, the macros works better. And Can you explain what yes. macros means? So that means my coach would tell me how many grams of protein, carbs, and fats I would eat in a day. Mm -hmm. um, I had the choice of picking which foods to make up those macros mm -hmm. throughout the day and how many meals I want. With his guidance, of course, I would send him in the beginning food logs of exactly everything I put in my mouth, everything. If I took one bite of something, I weighed it. I logged it, um, and then he could, he would help you know tweak if if things weren't arranged mm -hmm. in an optimal way for fat loss and um, but you are eating because you have to support your muscles so you can't just go in and and do a big crash diet and starve yourself. But as close the closer to the show, the less food you get. Yes, of, right? of course, yeah. So yeah. towards the end, it feels like you're starving. It does, yeah. I mean, you're definitely in a calorie deficit. Um, you are trying to get leaner than what is, I guess, considered a healthy, natural body weight. Mm -hmm. So your body fights you that whole time, as you, especially as you're really dialing down in. It's fighting you. It's sending you extra hunger signals and just... Cravings. Yeah, just driving you crazy to just eat and you I know just towards have to, the end I got I got text messages from you freaking out my worms are eating my brain yes. I'm hungry yeah it's so just it, a constant gnawing um almost beyond it like it's not just the oh I'm starving I, I missed a meal and my stomach's crawling it's more of a just a you're just never satisfied your meals you're eating all day long but your meals are so small that you're just and all the right food there's not really yes. much room for for like pleasure and like right food i call it food for the soul like a little piece yeah. of chocolate or something yeah i mean i did fit some of that in on a daily basis because otherwise i would binge eat that mm -hmm. um but it was very controlled i mean we're talking 50 calories or less of my macros so th this is kind of important because people are going to think oh so i can eat chocolate no what happens is when you have your numbers, your so many grams of carbs, proteins, and fats, and if you eat a little piece of chocolate or something, that means your next meal or your dinner is going to be that much smaller because you have to take it off yes. from a different meal. So if you want to have that little piece of chocolate, you're going to feel even hungrier the next meal because you have to take it off that meal, correct? Right. right. And when I say chocolate, I know because Michelle was sending me pictures of that. Chocolate means... You eat your meal with your veggies or, or piece of protein or rice, whatever it is, which is a small plate, and then like three M&Ms on the side or something like that, yeah. and two, three Pringle chips, and that's right. it. 
Hershey Kiss was my go-to. One Hershey Kiss, that was... So it's all, and it's still yeah. measured. It's not like you can just take it. It's still oh, measured no. and calculated into your numbers for that day. So when you say having a coach, and I think this is important to talk about, it's not like the coach knows a good formula for, and it, like gives it to every person. Right. In the beginning, you didn't lose weight or some people with some coaches could even gain weight in the beginning because the coach has to figure out what works for you, what your yes. body is like. I know in the beginning, tell me if that's true. I think you had to uh, measure your blood sugar. Even, I did. Right? Mm -hmm. that, so you had to poke your finger, right? Yep. Get the blood and measure your sugar. What that does is it tells the coach on a daily basis or semi-daily basis how you react to certain foods and then you adjust and see again what the sugar does because everyone's different. If your coach gives you a cookie cutter program, probably not the best route to go. Yes. So you you tried a few different avenue or two, few different diets out before you found what worked for you. Right. And even that, when you found that okay, your body works better on cal on uh, carbs, where me, Bo, I work better on fats. You work yeah. better on carbs. Even then, every week was dialed in to to make things a little better, right? Yes. Yes. So. Uh, was it just the workout days that you have to still watch what you eat over the weekends? How did that look? Every day, every single minute of every day, I logged every single thing and what weighed. What if you have like a birthday or like go out with your husband or something? Um, okay, so there, 99% of the time, every single thing was had to fit those macros. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously as you get closer, it gets tighter and tighter. Mm -hmm. There were times, um, you know, if you have a good coach, they understand life and that there are special occasions. And so depending on how your progress is going and your goal date, there were times that um, there were refeed meals, we called them, not cheat meals. We don't do those. Um, but refeed meals where it was a controlled, you got an extra amount of, of something, um, typically carbs and fats. But there were once in a while, depending how long your prep was and how far away you were from your contest, not any time close, but that you could have an untracked day and, you know, you clear that with your coach. And so that way, you know, if you have a wedding or something like that, then you could go and just relax and, and. But that depends on how good and strict you are with the rest yes. of the whole months, yes. months and months. Yes. Because yes. I remember over the summer you had a big pool party. Right. Uh, well, not big, but you, you had a few friends over and you were freaking out about it. And I know you, you really wanted to get that day off so you don't have to worry about food. And you had to tighten up everything else before and after to get that one day allowed yes. by your coach. Yes. And okay. that, was, that was the last free, I'm going to call it free, untracked day that I had. So middle of July until my first show at the end of September. Okay. So after that, it was... You know, it's go time. We got to dial in tight. Everything's got to be on point. Is there any point. social pressure with, with eating like yes, that? Yes, of course. Yeah, definitely social pressure. That's that's a really hard part um, because your friends and family, one will start telling you that you're too skinny and that's not healthy. And then two, you're going to have, can't you just this one time? Can't you just this one time? And it's like, well, yes, I could if I wanted to, but that's going to hurt my goals. Mm -hmm. And what are the other competitors doing? Do you think they're out having a beer or they're eating, you know, grandma's lasagna? Probably not. And so when you show up and you put in all that hard work and you show up 
and you're not ready, you're not lean enough, and somebody else wins, and you're gonna, you don't want to regret and wonder, could I have done better mm -hmm. just because I wanted a bite of this or a beer, you know? So there's always people saying, just this one time, don't be so lame. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you're not as fun, you know, sometimes. But, you know, if you have a goal, it's just, it's a temporary thing. It's not the rest of your life. It's, it's this time frame to hit this specific goal. But it's still really, really hard. Um, but I still definitely made it a point to go out with family and friends and my husband. You know, I just packed my food everywhere we went. Mm -hmm. And at first, people would make fun of me, but they got used to it, you know. And as long as you still go and you have a good time and, you know, you're not making everybody else eat what you're eating, yeah. you know, they get used to it. But it's still really, really hard. So a little, a little off topic, but I think it's an important point to, to make, especially for the listeners and viewers, that um, when, when you have real goals, you have to have a deadline because then every day, every meal, everything you do, matters that much more if you have no deadline then you can just always start tomorrow and that tomorrow will never come but like in this situation if you have to stand in a two-piece bikini with a piece of fabric that fits in your palm you have to stand on stage and show to everyone what you did the last three months every single decision has so much more weight and more power so having a deadline very important no matter what your goals are business career uh, or in this case fitness and health lifestyle so deadlines are important. So that's the nutrition part for the prep. How about uh, the other parts? Let's use, you mentioned cardio, working out. How many times a week? How did it look like? Um, mine specifically, there were times I had hit cardio. There were times I had just steady state cardio and we focused more on recovery. Um, my training was typically five days a week. And as we got closer, um, I was more depleted, tired, it went to four days a week of actual training. Um, and training, you mean weightlifting? Weightlifting. And one, the day that I, the extra day I dropped was more of a therapy type yoga, stretching, therapy, recovery Giving day. Giving back to your yeah. body. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> very important to note, uh, Michelle mentioned hit cardio and then steady state. Hit cardio is very intense, like jumping and moving around, sprinting maybe. And then steady state is just going on a treadmill or an elliptical or a stepper and just going for a longer period. In the beginning of your preparation, you can do all this jumping stuff, but the closer you get to a show, the more depleted your body is because you're constantly hungry, not eating enough, beating up your body, so to speak. So your body can't handle all that intensity. So you have to go for longer sessions of cardio, but less intensity to still keep staying that burning uh, part. Right. And then the uh, also important part about lifting weights is because you're so depleted, you re you know how to lift weights, but you still hire a coach because it because you first of all you get into your own head, you oh, try yeah. to fix things last minute. But the other point is, if you're that depleted, that's tired, it's really easy to hurt yourself. It's really easy to injure yourself if your body, if you mentally can't focus, and your body, your joints feel dry from all that dieting, uh, depending on the coach, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on how intense the uh, diet is. But it's really easy to injure yourself. So you need somebody to watch out for your form, to pick the right exercises for. Michelle comes in and I see sometimes she's upbeat, she can do it towards the end of the week. The body is so tired and depleted. I know we have to change the workout. And also a little trick, most of you probably wouldn't think about it, that 
If you're very depleted nutritionally, your body tries to burn uh, muscle, right? Body wants to get rid of muscle because that's metabolically expensive tissue. It needs a lot of energy. But when you lift really heavy, your body is afraid to lose that muscle. It has a need to keep the muscle, then you burn more fat. That's why a lot of trainers will say lifting weights is so important for weight, losing weight. Because you, you want to lose fat and not muscle. You want to lose the bad stuff and keep the good stuff. Yep. So just wanted to make sure a, a few important points. Uh, and then you also had to do a little bit of posing, correct? Yes, posing. Um, posing is so important. Um, it's all, it's, you know, when you're doing a physique competition, you're not, it's not about how much weight you can lift because there are no weights on stage. It's about how you look. Presenting. Um, yes. So posing is part of the whole presentation, the whole package. You get points for it, taken on or taken off points for that? Sure, you can. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the, every every little thing that you do, the way you stand, you know, just like sitting in a chair or sitting in a chair, how does it make you look? Or, you know, do you look, it? you know, that can make your waist look slimmer. You turn a little bit, your waist looks even more slim, you know. Just there's so many tweaks. There's mandatory poses that every division has, and they're all different. So it's different um, for a bikini girl versus a figure yes. girl versus a bodybuilding girl. Yeah, they have all different poses. Um, and they're, the posing is really hard to hold. It looks easy. And if it looks easy, then that means you've practiced a lot and you know what you're doing because you have everything flexed, tense, twisted, but your hands are relaxed and you're smiling and you look relaxed, but everything hurts. <laughs> so in, in, in reality, it's really hard. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of points to posing. And if people have never talked to a competitor or paid attention to, they probably wouldn't know. But I think it's interesting to mention that posing, for example, you have a smaller muscle here and a bigger muscle there with few tweaks of posing, you can hide your weaknesses and and um, accent kind of your strong yeah. points. You can you can squeeze, like when you do this, you can squeeze your waist tighter. There's a lot of elements to it. And then on stage, you have like a mark, right? Where you have to stand because mm -hmm. you have to know how the light hit your body right. to have deeper cuts or just be filled out with the light and then you don't look like you have any muscle. And then also you have to know where the judges sit. So you have to lean into the judges, not to the auditorium, not to the camera to the judges to get points, right. Right? right? Another thing is that transition from pose to pose. A lot of people just hit a pose, smile, look good for the picture, hit another pose, smile again, but that transition is where you can lose points. Sure. So you have to make everything look elegant, pretty, female, aesthetic, but everything has to stay flexed from your toes up to your neck. The right things have to flex and the right things have to like be relaxed. Yes. So a good posing coach, like you had a very excellent posing coach, can point all these things out. And like, I remember even you before or during a workout between our heavy lifts, we would even in my studio practice something. Oh, yeah. Should I move this, this like five degrees this way or this way? It pops a muscle. It, it makes a totally difference. makes a difference. Absolutely. And the closer you get to stage, the more posing you have to do. And yeah. again, guys, so depleted, so let's just call it undernourished, especially at the very end, that flexing becomes very challenging. And tell me if this is right. Um, a lot of competitors cramp up on stage and you had the same thing, right? Your toes? Yeah, my toes and kind of went up my leg. Yeah. So you walk on these high heel shoes 
in a two-piece bikini. In Michelle's case, it was actually figure suit, it's called, right? Yeah. So it's connected in the back. But you walk on those heels and things start cramping. You have to look good. And a lot of those girls and guys too cramp as well because again, the body is undernourished and you have to flex for 15 minutes. That's even harder than the workout in itself. Things cramp up and you look all relaxed and good. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a tough thing. So we kind of anything you want to add to the prep stage? Um, I, th- I think we hit. hit a There's more to good, it, but just the yeah. general idea. So okay, you have been depending on where you are. The average competitor, anywhere between like two, three months to five, six months, have been dieting down. The last five to ten days, that's called the peak week. What yes. is the peak week? Why is it called that way? And what do you do? So peak week is, um, it's just the final fine tuning to get to the stage. Mm -hmm. At that point, um, you need to be lean enough. You need to be ready. A lot of coaches will, you know, tell their competitors, oh, we're going to, you know, do all these drastic things and you're going to look so much different from the beginning of the week to the end of the week. Mm -hmm. If you have a coach like that run, because it's not true. You if you're ready, you're ready. And so your coach is going to take, my coach did, take whatever, you know, you've been eating all along, what works for you. Um, you know, he's not going to take that and give you a bunch of different food for peak week and then you'll get stomach upset and you could be bloated and, and have problems with that, water retention. You just, you keep what you've been doing and he may adjust sodium carbs, you know, increase carbs so you get a little fuller looking so you're not so depleted and tired once you get to stage um, it's just fine tuning so that you look your best. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think everybody knows, you know, you could go out to eat and you wake up the next morning and your fingers are blown up and your belly's blown mm-hmm. up. Um, so you can so manipulate you, those things. To yeah. Your body can change based on what you eat or drink from day to day. I mean, so it's, it's all about just keeping it nice and consistent and steady and not making any crazy changes and just dialing in but yet the small little changes can have a big impact on if you're bloated if you retain water having the glycogen blow up in your muscle or underneath the skin right there's a difference so when you combine nutrition cardio lifting in the proper way and then electrolytes like sodium and water uh, you can actually have the muscle look big or the skin look more watery over the muscle which looks worse right so you had to take pictures three times a day send it to your coach yes how does that look like and um why did you do that okay so i would take pictures like you said three times a day in the morning fasted no food sometime midday um and then at the end of the day after all my food and water was in and that is so that he could see how my body changed depending time of day, um, how much water I've had. Because every time I would send a picture, I would say how much water I've had, how many meals I've had, when, when, how long has it been since my last meal. Mm-hmm. So that way he can time, he can see where you look your best and try to recreate that During show on day. show day. Got it. Yeah. So. Okay. And then uh, when, when we say it's sending pictures, it's not the cute selfie where you flex no. in the mirror. <laughs> there is much more work to it. So you literally have to, t- first of all, get home from work or wherever you are because you have to take the picture in the same spot with the same Ideally, lights. Ideally, if you can. Ideally, yes. yes. You put your heels on because you look in heels very different. You have to get used to walking in those heels, flexing and looking your best and be elegant. So you put your heels on, you put your suit on. Yep. Um, and ideally in the same spot, 
take your mandatory poses. So that's like a whole job in itself, three times yeah. a day. Yeah. And then you go back to work for lunch, you come back home, take another picture, and then in the evening again. And every meal, your nutrition gets adjusted to learn how your body reacts. And as well to, like she said, have the experience and the know-how to manipulate your body on stage, depending on what hour of the day you walk on stage. Because you literally, all this preparation is, so you look your best for like one or two hours max, the absolute best. Yeah. Um, a lot of small manipulations. And also you need to, by that time, you need to know your body and how your body reacts to foods. Because if you don't mind, if you would allow me to talk about that for females, what if the competition happens during your menstrual cycle or something, correct? Yes. You have yes. three competitions and with your permission, I would say one of them kind of hit the wrong time. I got it that morning of the show. Yes. So you need to communicate with your coach and make the best out of it, right? You right. can feel bloated. You can have cramps. It could be internal pain, but also it could be just external bloatedness, your stomach not looking flat. and. So there's a lot of things you have to think about and manipulate. Yeah. yeah. Um, it can be very challenging between your toes cramping and your stomach cramping. <laughs> I had both, yes. And I still got up there and smiled and did my so thing that, and nobody would have known. <laughs> that, and that's that's when you do the best. When nobody knows how challenging it is, That's that means yeah. you did the best. Yeah. So during that prep week, you, you manipulate your water, your sodium, your carbs, all kinds of things. But you still have to lift at that point four times a week, not five, because you're pretty tired the workouts right. are just going through the motions and letting right. your body know that you need those muscles right but nothing crazy because you're so tired really. right right the workouts um and the cardio both tapered off in amount and intensity as the week went on like you said that week the lifting is just to to get the blood flow to the muscles you don't want to be sore because that's going to cause inflammation then you're going to look smooth you're going to lose all your cuts inflammation keeps um, water in your joints and then you look worse yeah so that definitely dials back as the week goes on and then there's a science to it right like sure. in the beginning of the week you you usually hit your strongest muscles like legs and then towards the end it might be like arms or shoulders something light yeah the closer you get to the show the less stress on your body you want because again like michelle said if you have inflammation in your body or even just um, stress hormones like cortisol, it can change your whole composition and body, like water retention and things. Yep. Um, so you still had to lift. Mm -hmm. You still had to do your cardio. Yep. And then you still had to pose. And posing is like, what, 10 minutes, an hour? What is yeah, I mean, I didn't, because I was taking so many pictures, I, that was partly my posing practice too. You know, yes, three yes, times yes. a day I was hitting my poses. Um, but I did take some time during my work or like at the end of my workouts, I would maybe practice for 10 minutes here and there that week. Um, leading up to that, I, as I, like I said, I had that posing coach. So I did have some longer sessions with him um, before that peak week. But Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how much posing uh, takes time, is challenging and how much it can change your physique as well. Yeah. You need to know how your body looks with each movement without having a mirror. Right, and you, yeah, so I mean, that's another reason you just really, really need to practice it is because it's that muscle memory. Come come stage time, you are nervous. I don't care how many times you've done it, you're nervous, your adrenaline's pounding, you know, and, and it's so easy to just blank, 
you know, and you don't want that. You don't want to get up on stage and and go to turn and step the wrong way because you didn't practice enough. You just want it to be automatic muscle memory. Yes. You swing your leg a certain way. You have to remember that. The other leg just comes with it. You like, it's just, it's, it's so in there from just repetitive, repetitive. Well, every single muscle in your back has to still be tight in a certain way that is best for your body. So there's a lot to it. Okay. And then, um, any like that preparation that last few days before the show, anything else you need to do besides those? How about tanning? Spray tanning, regular tanning? No regular tanning. You do spray tan the day before your show. Just yeah. once or how many times do you spray um, tan? You, typically you do it the night before your show. There's um, With each competition, there's always a spray tan um, company that they mm-hmm. use. Um, and most people use that. Some people know somebody that else that does it but um, most people will use the spray tan company so the night before you check in for your you get registered for your show you do the check-in you get your spray tan your first coat of spray tan Um, it's a really really heavy coat of spray tan so it's not your regular wellness spray tan no it's i mean it's specifically for the show it sprays like those booths but it's actually a person with a spray gun and they get real close up close and personal there is no modesty when you get spray tanned well Um, because you're in so tiny yeah you need to be you are nude when you are getting spray tanned um but they do this all day every day there's a line of people so nobody even cares and it's a a female spraying so um you know and it's just you're in a you're in one of those personal little pop-up tents you stand in there and they spray you and you turn around and they spray you and um, so that's a very, very important step in those competitions, actually, mm-hmm, right? This, the mm-hmm. tan itself being dark, having a dark body. Why is that? Why can't you just walk out there and that's it? Uh, part of it is, um, you know, the stage lights. It Everything washes you out, so you need that. So you have the little bit of definition and shadow and... Um, that kind of thing. So, so you don't look all like filled in with light like a blank yeah. piece of paper. You want right. to have to cuts and shadows underneath your muscles. So and you, usually for girls, you put on something black. Usually you look a little tighter, right? Right. So uh, there's the, the the darker you are, the the more cut and tight it looks usually. So it helps a lot. And then the lights, the, the very bright lights on stage. Right. Okay. So uh, and then. The color itself, I know you go to sleep and it's all on your sheets and stuff. Well, you have to, you have, yeah, you have to wear like long, really loose, long pants, long shirt. Um, you do not, do not want to sleep in the nude. First time I ever got tanned, somebody told me that that's how I, I should sleep like this. Well, apparently I was cold in the middle of the night, so I went like this and I woke up with handprints for those that are listening and not watching putting (laughs) your palms on your body i had i had one on my chest one on my stomach and i woke up with handprints in my Mm -hmm. tan that um thankfully they do have the tanning company there the day of the show and they do do touch-ups um and and really i didn't even get it touched up and you couldn't see it it eventually just kind of blended in and Mm -hmm. and went away but yeah thing is water right water you cannot get wet so um, you know, using the bathroom is, is challenging to say the least. Um, okay. you got, you can't have any drip drops, splash marks. It, if it hits your leg, you're going to have a mark and One a run. drop can leave a big mark and then you yeah. can see it on stage because I remember I was watching you competing and a uh, few girls after you walking out, 
when she turned around and hit her back pose, I could see she was sitting on a seat that probably had a few droplets on there. Yeah. I could tell. So that that's a very special thick and dark kind of paint and it reacts a little differently to water so you right. have to be careful about right. that okay show day you yes. wake up what's going on show day you wake up um well depending show day is can be a very long day depending on the size of the show um where your division's at in the day um but typically it, the shows will start at eight or nine in the morning so the girls definitely have to get up early because you've got to do hair and makeup and um, you know, how early it depends. I mean, I do my own hair and makeup. So, and I still, if the show's at eight, I'm up probably four, four thirty. Um, because you do also have to get your second coat of spray tan too. Mm -hmm. So you got a lot of time for that. Um, but there's a lot of girls that don't want to do their own hair or makeup. They're not good at it, or they just want to be pampered. So there, again, there's always a, like a host company that will just like the tanning, they'll have a hair and makeup company. Mm -hmm. And so you can go in and they'll, just like people do for weddings, where they all go get their yeah, hair yeah. done. Same idea. Um, they'll get their hair and makeup done. So sometimes they've got a 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning makeup appointment, you know, depending how, how full they are. So um, there's a lot to it, like your hair has to match the color or, of your suit or bikini and then match your your uh, jewelry yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you want everything to be complimentary. It's almost like it's, a beauty pageant it, plus muscle. It is. It's it's pretty much what it is. I mean, bikini is definitely the most subjective when it comes to um, the total package model look. Mm -hmm. um, the figure and, and physique, it gets a little more strictly into the actual physique and the posing. Mm -hmm. um, but bikini definitely factors in the hair and everything, makeup more, well, the, but they every, all do, they all do, but. Every division has sort of something else they're looking for, like figure, yes. the word figure that you competed in, you have to have certain proportions in your body, right. like your arms have to match your legs and so on. Right. And so the build has to be as seen as one whole proportionate yes. Uh, yes. body of work. Okay, so uh, there's, you have to step on stage twice. Right, right. Why? So the twice is because in the morning they do the prejudging. They call it prejudging. And that's where they actually compare you up against the other girls that are in your division. Um, so you'll come out on stage. You'll do your individual presentation, which is your quarter turns, what you've practiced in posing. They bring each person out. And then they will call you to the straight line on the stage and everybody stands next to each other and they put you through the mandatory quarter turns to compare you next to everyone else. And they'll switch you around. Um, if they want to get a better look of you compared to this girl over here, they'll tell people to switch and you'll move and they'll put you through the turns again. That's where they decide what placement mm -hmm. you're given. Um, but typically you're not told then. They do a night show for that, for the finals, and that's when they bring everybody back so you out. Go back on stage, pose again, and then they kind of tell you what place Sometimes you at night you will pose again. It depends on the size of the show. Sometimes you'll just come out. They'll introduce each person. You'll come out, do one pose, and walk off. You don't get to do your whole presentation. Um, but, yeah, you do come back out at night. Everybody gets a chance to come back out at night, and then they give the top five awards in each division. Okay. Got it, got it. So, um when I posted some of your pictures when we were just getting ready and I had comments and people were talking and some of them were like, oh, she's on steroids or something. <laughs> what would you say? I would say no way. 
No, awesome. I am a natural competitor. <laughs> yeah, so the show, Michelle, just this year, so you have seasons. You get ready for a season of competing and then maybe take some time off or time to grow. But uh, Michelle had some injuries in the past few years. We had to work on that to get you ready. You had problems with your shoulders. So realistically, that was a weak point for your show probably. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but... Um, she one of the shows you competed in the middle show in the, the second weekend was a natural show which means she placed the second she walked off stage she was called in to pee in a cup to get tested right so michelle is most definitely a natural athlete and so i if you're watching this on youtube do you allow me to show some pictures sure so right sure. here you're gonna see some pictures how old are you would you share with us I, of course i'm 51 so this is a picture of a 51 year old friend of mine yes uh, so uh, here's what i'm gonna say you might want to look like michelle you might want to look like somebody else maybe you want to look like i do maybe you you think i don't look good whatever it is whatever that that goal in your own mind is that you would like to look like achieve whatever it is it takes hard work and it's possible no matter how old you are no matter where you are michelle had such hard injuries that she couldn't lift her arm overhead and then she competed now she can but it took it took almost two years to fix that shoulder yeah. uh, without surgeries and anything but there was a lot of people involved um, I was I had the uh, I even would say pleasure to be involved in that fixing as you well were too. a big part of thank of you so what I'm getting me through that and, thank yeah. you what I'm trying to say is no matter what your goal is it doesn't even have to be fitness you can do it if Michelle can look like this at 51 if the body can still handle it you just heard how much work it takes so if your goal looks different it doesn't matter it's going to take work and you can actually achieve it right yes yeah consistency 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 like yes. that is that is the biggest piece really for any goal um yes, exactly and in specifically in my case in this it, it definitely being consistent and determined you know i just it's it's so hard sometimes you want to give up because you when you're when you're in it and it's a long process you lose sight of how far you've come because it's just, you're so used to it, you don't see those things. And that's where um, pictures, in this case specifically, like my progress pictures, I would I'm look gonna back. I'm gonna post her progress picture right here. <laughs> so you actually, so if you are listening to this later on, go on YouTube, watch this picture. It, it's, it's a big change. So yeah. you go, you had some struggles and you kind of gained some weight, lost track because we were fixing the shoulder. There was some mental battles as, as usually. So, uh, but you can do it. You, you, everyone can do it. Anyone yeah. can do almost anything. Just. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And it's worth it when you get there and you see that difference and you realize how all your hard work and determination really paid off and you're just proud of yourself. It helps build your confidence. Like, you know, it's, it's just really cool. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys, achieve great things. Stay sore. Thank you for listening. Till next episode. <laughs>